Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This episode of the Bearstalk Underground is brought to you by Sports Drink. Your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or in social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in Sports Drink. Spelled like Sports Drink, but without the vowels. So S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let out the funk. <laughs> What's up, guys? A wild week one in the books as Monday Night Football just uh, just ends with uh, an upset uh, upset of the week, I'm calling it. Uh, we'll, we'll, obviously, we'll get to that uh, as we get through our, our rundown here. But, um, you know, it, it was a crazy uh, week one. Uh, ten new head coaches coming into 2022 that went a collective 6-3-1 and one, uh, in their uh, debuts. Uh, this past weekend, uh, ranging from, uh, well, actually there were no no new guys on on Thursday night, but all of you know Sunday they went six two and one, and uh, and Nathaniel Hackett lost his debut with the Broncos uh, tonight. But um, crazy week one, a lot of close finishes, some surprise uh, uh, upsets, some wins we weren't anticipating. But then, like I said, it's week one. This kind of thing happens. Uh, every year, like when I when I did my pick'em uh, game for years, there the two hardest weeks to predict were week one and week two, because week one you always had the you know the the upsets you didn't see coming the the you know the blowouts and everything that that seemed to make a statement, but as the season went along, you found out that they didn't, uh, you know, kind of thing. New head coaches. Uh, uh, taking advantage of their newness with you know against their first opponent and uh, and things like that and then week two you try to pick two based on what you saw week one and you're you know it was not uncommon to see somebody go uh, you know eleven and five twelve and four week one and then follow it up with like six and ten week two because they're thinking that you know a lot of the teams that won and or dominated week one were just going to keep doing it week two and week two it seemed like everything settled back down and you know reality kind of sets in which is uh some bad news for some teams out there like our beloved Chicago Bears uh with their upset win over the 49ers but um we got 16 games uh, to get through. We're going to break them all down and uh, see how I did uh, at the end when it comes to uh, wins and losses. What was my record for week one? I know I got a tie in there uh, thanks to the Texans and the Colts, but uh, let's see how I did uh, the rest of the way. This is the week one NFL review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Week one of the NFL officially in the books with tonight's Monday night game uh, finishing up just a few moments uh, ago. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back for the week one NFL review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. We're going to break down all 16 matchups that took place 
over the weekend. Of course, you can find me on the social medias at BTU underscore Larry on Twitter and Instagram. You can also join the Facebook group on Facebook. Just search Bears Talk Underground. Now, Thursday night with the Bills and the Rams and some that, you know, think that this could be a Super Bowl preview. Uh, A, if the Rams can live up to, uh, you know, being the defending world champions and B, uh, if the Bills can uh, stay pissed about losing that game to Kansas City in the divisional round uh, last season. So, uh, you know, it was uh, it was not much of a contest, at least not in the second half. Uh, anyway, actually, it, it wasn't much of a contest, you know, from start to finish. Actually, it was only the turnovers. I think Josh Allen either threw or was responsible for three turnovers in the first half that made it like 10-10 going into the half. But in the second half, the Bills made the adjustments. They came out and they dominated. Josh Allen was a beast. He like took the game uh, into his own hands, and the Bills shut out the Rams in the second half to pull to pull away with an impressive win uh, to open up the season and to 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 definitely make a statement. Um, they, they, they come away with a 31 to 10 victory over the Rams. Give me my first win, uh, of 2022. So now we move on to the Sunday games and it was exciting. The, like the first, uh, the first, uh, batch of games at noon, uh, here in the Midwest. And it'd be like one o'clock for, for everyone else, but, uh, or for 10 o'clock for you guys on the West coast. But, um, Saints Falcons, this was an interesting game. I'd, um, it seems like, I mean, I granted this is still week one. Uh, we're talking about you're going to hear me preface that a lot uh, in these first uh, 16 games but it just seemed like the teams that weren't supposed to be much of anything like the Falcons in this game like the Bears in the 49er game uh, like the Seahawks in the Monday night game I mean even I said in the preview that the the Seahawks were a mess this team is not built for success and they come out and win week one but it seemed like a lot of those teams that were thought lesser than that nobody had spoke highly of going into any of these games those are the teams that really turned it on on the head and, and you know either either made a football game of it or actually came away with wins more times than not uh, this past Sunday. Uh, the Falcons, unfortunately, coming out on the short end, but they at one time in the fourth quarter had a 16-point lead on their arch-rival Saints in their own building going into the – or in the fourth quarter. They were up 26-10. to 10. But uh, I guess that's where the Falcons kind of showed why they're – uh, regarded as one of the lesser than teams by uh, the Saints coming back, getting 17 unanswered points, including a 51-yard field goal from Will Lutz with 23 seconds to go uh, to win it. Saints, uh, you know, were, were able to hold on 27-26 over the Falcons, giving me W number two uh, on the week. Now, here's where we get exciting. Uh, the Steelers and the Bengals. This game was... Uh, a roller coaster, uh, and I'm uh, I'm almost sad that the Bears and the 49ers were playing at the same time because the bits and pieces that I was catching in commercial breaks, and then I was able to watch overtime when the Bears game was over. Uh, it's it's a game that I wish that I had, was able to watch from start to finish because it was it, first of all Joe Burrow's first pass of the season, a pick six from Minka Fitzpatrick. So we're off to the races there. Burrow throws four interceptions in the football game. And, you know, despite all of that, since he was able to come back and tie it in the fourth quarter, actually had the chance to win it with a PAT, I think with either like two seconds left or no seconds left on the clock, blocked by Minka Fitzpatrick, who was responsible for the pick six at the start of the football game. 
Then uh, playoff hero, uh, you know, uh, McPherson, I'm forgetting his first name, but the kicker for Cincinnati who had, you know, ice water in his veins in the in the game, you know, in like all three games uh, for Cincinnati, he had major uh, field goals in the in the wild card game against the Raiders, and he hit the game winner against Tennessee in the divisional round and also uh, the game winner in overtime against uh, Kansas City. He hit a 59-yarder earlier in the football game but misses the 50 50- 48 yarder I think in uh in uh, in overtime he just hooks it wide wide left but Chris Boswell for the uh for the Steelers was able to hit a 53 yarder literally as overtime expires to give Pittsburgh the road win but major cost of uh doing business again on uh, on Sunday for the Steelers they have lost TJ Watt at least for some period of time if not for the whole season uh, he had some kind of tear in his pec, and uh, if it requires surgery, he's done for the year. And all I've been hearing today is that he's going for second and third opinions to see if he can rehab his way back and avoid surgery. Either way, the cost is they lose T.J. Watt for an extended period of time. Could be as little as six weeks if it's a rehab thing, or for all of 2022 if uh, he has to have uh, surgery. But... Mitch was efficient. He had a very Mitch Trubisky type day. All you Bear fans know exactly what I'm talking about when I uh, when I say that. And uh, he gets uh, he gets his first win with a uh, with a win over division rival Bengals, and uh, the the uh, Bengals get their AFC crown uh, defense uh, off to a bad start and give me my first L uh, of 2022. Speaking of L's. <laughs> My beloved Chicago Bears were at home against the 49ers in a monsoon uh, that just, uh, I mean, it was so weird looking at the field. Like when they showed like a wide shot of the field from like high up, you, it, 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 it literally, like all of the rain washed the field out. Like you could see where the yard lines were blurred because of how like, you know, like the paint was running kind of thing. It was really weird. Uh, to uh, to look at. I mean, it would rain heavy, heavy, heavy overnight and into uh, the morning. It kind of either lightened up or stopped for uh, a majority of the uh, football game. But in the second half, it started raining again. And then in the fourth quarter, it started raining crazy heavy to where you could literally see like the Soldier Field was essentially a kiddie pool by the end of the uh, football game, proven by the celebratory, uh, you know, slip and slide, you know, thing in the end zone with Justin Fields and the rest of the uh, Bears. But the game itself, it was interesting because the 49ers were pretty much dominant throughout the entire uh, football, well, for the first three quarters. Uh, at least they were the one dictating the pace. They were winning the field position battle. Uh, you know, they were winning the war up front in the trenches on both sides uh, of the football. They were running the ball efficiently uh, and everything. But it's like in the second half, the Bears stayed persistent. They went from being in the shotgun, at, you know, to going to more of an under center, uh, a lot of play fake uh, type thing, get Justin Field booted out and get him out into the open and let him create things. Uh, and that really turned things around for the Bears in the second half. And, um, you know, if you listen to the review episode yesterday uh, for the, for the, for this game, you know that I said it was basically a role reversal of last year's Bears 49ers game where the Bears came out and they were the dominant one. They were the one dictating the pace, but they let the 49ers hang around. The offense could not 
close the deal. We were settling for field goals instead of scoring touchdowns. And in the fourth quarter uh, of that game, we're up 16-9, to and one play from Debo Samuel breaks the thing wide open. They score a touchdown to tie, and it was off to the races after that. Just switched the roles. It happened the exact same way for the 49ers uh, uh, and the Bears yesterday, where the 49ers were the dominant one. Uh, they were winning everywhere, everywhere, uh, even on the scoreboard for a short period of time. But it was like the game was never out of reach uh, for the Bears. The 49ers could never quite close the deal and pull away. And then sure enough, the Bears make a big play. They take that lead with the with the play fake and the touchdown to Equinemia St. Brown. We you know we take the lead at that point in the fourth quarter and never look back uh, for the remainder uh, of the football game. The the Forty ers started costing themselves dearly with penalties. Uh, the Trey Lance threw an interception to Eddie Jackson, or Eddie Jackson, I should say, intercepted a pass. He he because he made a break on it. He, Trey Lance didn't throw a bad ball. Well, actually, he made a bad decision. He didn't throw a bad ball. He made a bad decision. Eddie Jackson made him pay for it, and uh, the Bears put in the uh, the the, uh, the nail in the coffin with the touchdown uh, from Khalil Herbert to take the win, nineteen to ten, giving me the happiest L I'll take all season. Uh, but you know, taking the the Bears to lose this one to the Forty ers um, you know. Uh, Fields throws two touchdowns in the second half and wins his first matchup against his draft classmate, uh, Trey Lance. And uh, the 49ers, not only did they end up losing the football game, but they also lost uh, Elijah Mitchell, their running back, who was running the ball very well uh, in the football game, could miss up to two months with the knee injury uh, that he suffered uh, in this game. So currently sitting at 2-2 two and two, uh, right now as we get through our first batch of football games. But here I go. We're going to get some wins now. Eagles and Lions. Uh, two touchdown passes from Goff and 144 yards rushing and a touchdown for uh, DeAndre Swift, uh, but it wasn't enough. The Eagles outlast the comeback from the Lions and win thanks to four rushing uh, touchdowns. They hang on 38-35 to 35, uh, over the Lions. And like I said in the preview episode, the Lions might not win a lot of football games this year, but they're going to be a tough out. And this is exactly what happened. Uh, yesterday, the Eagles thought they had this football game easily won, and before you know it, it's a field goal football game. The Lions have it, and you know the Eagles have to shut them down in order to secure the win, as opposed to kind of co- uh, coasting to one because they were up two scores in the fourth quarter, and uh, you know they let the Lions come back and uh, uh, almost take it from them. So, you know the Lions are going to be a tough out. They're not just gonna lay down and roll over like the lions of uh you know of recent memory they're going to uh they're going to force you uh to go out and get it and not only that but the the eagles pay a heavy price losing their uh, star defensive end Derek Barnett to a torn ACL he is believed to be done for the year but uh, the eagles hang on to beat the lions pump me up to 3 and 2 dolphins and patriots Mike McDaniel era gets off on the right foot with a division win over the Patriots. Dolphins led the whole way. Uh, Tua was 22 of 33 for 270 and a touchdown. Uh, Tyreek Hill, eight catches for 94 yards in his Dolphins uh, debut. Uh, the you know, And the, the Dolphins defense forced three turnovers. I think they sacked uh, Mac Jones a few times. Uh, come away with a 20-7 victory, so a dominant win uh, for the Patriots. That's definitely a statement win on their part. Uh, to come out and 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 you know blow the Patriots away like that, and the Patriots who, if you're if you know if you listen to the shows over the summer, we had Pat Lane uh, on the show for the for the Patriots episode. Was thinking, 
you know, maybe nine and eight, eight and nine with this season. D- didn't have the highest opinion of what the Patriots were going to bring to the table this year. And it's looking right. Not a very good performance, only a touchdown. I said the lowest point total from the Patriots on opening day since 2003 when they were shut out by the Bills uh, 31 to nothing uh, that year. Uh, but it's a win, so it's 4-2 and two, uh, for me as we go into the game. The upset that I picked would be the, the Commanders and the Jaguars. I really thought the Jags were going to win it uh, early on. The, the Commanders had the lead, and then late, the Jags take the lead with a James Robinson rushing uh, touchdown late in the, uh, I think, either early in the third quarter or early in the fourth quarter, late in the third. But uh, Washington comes back and uh, takes the lead for good with uh, Jahan Dotson touchdown uh, with a buck 52 left to hold off uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, and company. Take the win, 28 uh, to 22. Carson Wentz with 300 yards and over uh, over 300 yards and four touchdowns in his Washington uh, debut. Uh, to take the win, 28-22, dropping me down to 4-3 and three, uh, on the week. Now we want to head down to uh, Carolina, the revenge matchup, if you will. Baker Mayfield making his Panther debut, taking on his old squad in the Cleveland Browns. And 17 fourth-quarter points uh, for the Patriots, or for the Patriots, for the Panthers, was enough for Baker Mayfield to come from behind and take the lead uh, over his whole over his old team with a minute seventeen to go, but Jacoby Brissett in for the suspended uh, Deshaun Watson led the Browns downfield into field goal range and rookie Cade York drafted in the fourth round uh, by the Browns hits a fifty eight yarder with thirteen seconds left to ruin Baker's Panther debut and his revenge plot because he said he was going to get those guys. Uh, Miles Garrett with two sacks of his old quarterback Nick Chubb one hundred forty four yards on the ground. The Browns win it. 26 to 24, bumping me up to where are we at? Five and three now, I believe. Keeping score. So it gets a little choppy for me here in, in the, with the late games and all that kind of stuff. But uh, uh, now we move on. Colts, Texans. Here's a weird one. You know, as, as we'll, we'll talk about the, you know, with the Giants and Titans here in just a minute. Four, all four AFC South teams played yesterday. Not a single one of them won a game. And the funny thing was, two of them played each other. So this game here, the Colts uh, and the Texans, Lovey's Texans debut was an extremely mixed bag, guys. The Texans led 20-3 to going into the fourth quarter, but allowed 17 unanswered points by Matt Ryan and the Colts to force overtime. Um, Ryan had 350-plus, uh, Jonathan Taylor 160-plus on the ground. And in overtime, Lovey and the Texans have the ball around midfield. There's like a minute 10 to go in the game, and instead of trying to go for it on fourth down and try to win the football game, Lovey elects to punt, and he said that a tie was better than a possible uh, loss. I don't know what kind of message that sends to your A to your offense, B to your defense, because you know you don't think that you can keep them from going to mid, uh, going to uh, you know getting into field goal range to win the game themselves uh, and everything. Uh, had to be disheartening to hear coach uh, say that on both sides uh, of the ball. But, uh, you know, in the, in the press conference, he didn't shy away from him, give him all the credit in the world. He's like, you know, the guys were tired. They were a little, you know, worn out. And I was, you know, prepared to take the tie over the, uh, over the loss, you know, over the possible loss. He said he meant to, he was specific to put a qualifier uh, in there, but uh, you know, 
He, he elected to punt the ball away with about a minute to go in overtime, and Indy couldn't do anything. Uh, they were buried deep in their own uh, territory at the end, and we settled for a 2020 tie. So the Texans and the Colts off to a uh, kissing your sister beginning bidding of the season uh, with the uh, with the tie. So I think that what makes me what five three and one at this point. I'm I'm kind of losing count, but um, but as we talked about a moment ago, the the rest of the AFC South. Uh, the last team to compete was the uh, the Tennessee Titans, home hosting the uh, Giants, and jumped out to a thirteen nothing lead uh, on the Giants, only to have the Giants come roaring back and tie the game uh, at thirteen. The the Titans then take the lead twenty thirteen uh, in the fourth quarter, and the Giants drive the football down, uh, score a touchdown with um, I think maybe a minute and change, minute thirty or so to go in the football game. And then Saquon Barkley, who was a beast, 160, 164 yards on 18 carries uh, and a touchdown uh, for him. Let me see if I can touch that up real quick. Yeah, nine yards a carry uh, for Saquon is, is roughly what that uh, averages out to. So nine yards a carry for 18 carries, 164 yards and a touchdown. And also just kind of incredible hulked his way into the end zone for the two-point conversion because um, the Titans had the play red. They had Saquon dead to rights, and he made two guys miss and ran through them to get in there to uh, go for two. So kudos to Brian Dable deciding to go for two on the road to play for the win instead of taking the uh, taking the tie and going to overtime uh, and what have you. And, uh, you know, it worked out, and uh, it worked out again because Tannehill was able to take the that minute and so left and drive the Titans into field goal range, but uh, the kicker was uh, was wide left uh, on the attempt, giving the Giants uh, the win. And it was like the AFC divisional round all over again. The Titans sacked Daniel Jones five times, but again, it wasn't enough to, to give up the win because they also gave up the lead twice. Uh, in this football game. So Giants go take the win 21 to 20, giving me an L. I think that's what, five, four, and one, maybe? See if we can. I know what my final record's going to be. I'm trying to keep track as we go. All right, Packers, Vikings in Minnesota. Here's another game I was happy to take an L on. I picked Green Bay uh, to the, to win this one, but Aaron Rodgers did not have a good 2022 debut, sacked four times, and turned the ball over twice personally threw an interception and fumbled on a strip sack. Uh, the Vikings rolled Green Bay in Kevin O'Donnell's uh, debut uh, as head coach. Uh, Kirk Cousins was 23 of 32 for 277 and two touchdowns with 184 of that going to Justin Jefferson, including both of those touchdowns. Jefferson with 184 on nine uh, receptions and, uh, you know, just to blow uh, Green Bay out of the water. 23 to 7, uh, the final score. Uh, in Minnesota, it's like, but Bear fans and the rest of the league, just keep in mind, Green Bay lost thirty-eight to three to the Saints Week One last year, and they went on to win thirteen games again last year. So, as I said yesterday on uh, on on uh, on Twitter uh, after you know the Bears uh, winning the Forty ers game, one game does not a season make. This doesn't mean the Bears are going to be great. It also doesn't mean the Forty ers are going to suck. It just meant that our guys fought their asses off and won the first game. I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it, but I'm not raising my expectations on what I expect from the Bears just yet. You know, I'm going to need them to, need to see them do this into the season as opposed to just uh, 
you know, winning the one football game. The opposite. I'm saying basically saying the opposite for uh, Green Bay. This doesn't mean they're going to be awful, and it doesn't mean I'm lowering my expectations of Green Bay just yet. Now, we come out on Sunday Night Football, and the Bears dominate Green Bay in a similar fashion to what Minnesota did this past Sunday. Then we might need to start raising the bar on the Bears and lowering the bar on the on the uh, on the Packers. It just just have to wait and see. I know it's still very early in the season, and the Packers have had slow starts before, only to come roaring back at the end of the season to make the playoffs. But keep your eye on this one. Devontae Adams was it was noticeable that he wasn't there yesterday uh, for the Vikings. So uh, some of those young receivers did not come through uh, for Aaron. Not to mention he was under fire from that Vikings pass rush all day long. So um, it, Green Bay is definitely a team to keep your eye on as far as the trajectory of 2022 and where people thought they might be. Mm, it, was, it, was a, it was pretty ugly out there against Minnesota, so maybe keep an eye on the Packers uh, going forward. But I take the L there, so I think that makes me 5-4, and 5-5-1. Five and five and anyway. Two more afternoon games, Chiefs and Cardinals. I told you this one was going to be a mess just because the Cardinals missing big pieces uh, on the defensive side uh, of the ball. They were also missing, you know, DeAndre Hopkins uh, and everything. And, uh, you know, the Chiefs came out. Mahomes was 30 for 39 for 360 and five touchdowns uh, in this game. He was playing Madden out there uh, against the uh, the Cardinals. And here's what's scary. Everyone was kind of wondering what the Chiefs offense was going to look like without Tyreek Hill. And based on just one game of analysis here, I think they might be more dangerous without Tyreek Hill because now you don't know where the ball is absolutely going to go every time. I mean, it, it, it's... Kelsey's still his favorite target, but as far as like who he's going to go into the clutch every single time, he spread the ball around. Those 30 passes went to nine different receivers, showing that uh, at the very least they're going to be fine uh, without Tyreek Hill. Um, you know, And don't let the final score fool you. The Chiefs won it 44-21. to It was never that close. It was 37-7 to going into the uh, fourth quarter. So the Cardinals added some garbage time TDs in the fourth quarter to to narrow the gap a little bit, but they got their asses handed to them yesterday at home uh, in, in, in Arizona. So not a good debut uh, for Cliff Kingsbury uh, and company, especially since this is probably a very big year uh, for him. And final afternoon game, Chargers and Raiders in SoFi. Um, Khalil Mack wearing the uh, powder blue and gold. It was strange seeing him in a in a different uniform. But the result was very familiar. Three sacks in his de- in his Charger debut. Uh, Justin Herbert, 279 and three touchdowns in the ballgame. Derek Carr had a fr- pretty decent game as well, 240, 295 yards uh, and two touchdowns with 141 of those yards and a touchdown going to his brand-new old teammate, Devontae Adams. But those three interceptions that he threw uh, were costly. I think he also fumbled on one of uh, Khalil Mack's sacks. Uh, in the ball game, I mean, Khalil Mack definitely benefiting from the one-on-one matchup with Joey Bosa uh, on the other side, and uh, you know they were getting after him all day long, uh, getting after him and being in Derek Carr, and um, the Chargers were able to uh, absorb a late surge from the Raiders. Uh, I think because the Chargers were up twenty-four to ten at one point in this game, were able to hold off uh, Carr and company twenty-four to nineteen to get their twenty twenty-two campaign 
off on the right foot. And then the last game of the night on Sunday night, I think I touched upon this last night uh, when I was doing the the Bears 49ers review. Very boring game. Lots of defense, lots of field goals. Uh, the lone touchdown coming late in the third quarter when Brady hit uh, uh, Evans uh, in the end zone to go up 19-3 to in the third. That's how it would stay. The Cowboys generated nothing offensively. I mean, if if there was ever a guy that's going to get fired midseason, Mike McCarthy might be that guy because they weren't doing anything offensively when Dak was in the game, and they ended up losing him in the fourth quarter to a broken hand. Uh, He'll be out as as much as eight weeks, they say, after having successful surgery to put a pin in it to stabilize the bone uh, in his hand uh, today. Uh, And Dak himself says he's eyeing week eight, week nine, which is interesting for us Bear fans because week eight is Chicago at Dallas. So uh, and uh, that's also the second game in three weeks. We'll be wearing those (sighs) wearing those orange orange helmets to go along with those terrifyingly awful orange jerseys as well. It's uh, yeah, I'm not looking forward to it. It's uh, just you guys listen to this show, you know. I hate those goddamn orange jerseys, and now they're doubling down with uh, with orange helmets. Thank God they didn't go all orange head to toe. That would just would have been a nightmare for me. I mean, it's going to be a nightmare no matter what, but, yeah, that's going to suck. But nonetheless, uh, star of the game offensively, Leonard Fournette, 127 yards rushing to lead all uh, in productivity. Uh, Brady gets his 23rd season off on the right foot with a 19-3 to win over the Cowboys. And then finally... Uh, tonight's Monday night game, I remember saying last night, I wasn't going to pay much attention to it, but it's Monday, and all of the new fall TV shows don't, st- don't start till next week, so there was nothing on. Uh, so we end up watching the uh, football game. The Seahawks did well. You know, they were up 17-13 to 13, uh, at halftime. Uh, you know, Geno Smith uh, led the Seahawks with 195, only 195 yards, but with on an efficient 23 of 28 uh, for two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, the Broncos had three failed red zone trips that included, get this, two fumbles at the one-yard line. Back-to-back series, they get down to the one-yard line, they fumble it. Seattle recovers, turns them back uh, the other way. And the third red zone trip, I think they had to settle for the settle for their for the only points in the second half, which was their field goal to make it seventeen uh, to sixteen. Uh, the the Broncos t- made a late surge to get themselves into well. Not normal field goal range, but Brandon McManus, one of the strongest leg kickers uh, in the league, um, kicked a 63-yard field goal um, attempt with about 20 seconds to go and was wide left. Had enough leg. It would have just gotten over the crossbar, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't straight enough. And, um, you know, Seattle ruins uh, Russell Wilson's return to Seattle in his Broncos debut and come away with what I think is the upset of the week because, I mean, there are people talking about how the uh, you know the spread on this one should have been like about thirty points because Seattle looked terrible uh, not only in the preseason but they basically disassembled their team they're definitely in a like a rebuild mode they're not in a win now mode whatsoever with what they're putting out there right now and they fought scratched clawed uh, their way they got an early lead and they held on to it to come away with a seventeen to sixteen win over the Broncos and by my count. That leaves me at eight, seven, and one uh, for week one. So not an impressive debut at all for uh, for the Pickums, but uh, you know, 
I'm not a genius. I'm just a fan. So take that uh, for what you will. I was close on doing a lot better with some of these. You know, I, the Bengals had a chance to to win it in overtime, but McPherson hooked the field goal. The Jaguars had the lead late in the fourth quarter before the Commanders uh, scored. So I had a couple of wins here that were taken away from me uh, at the last minute. I should have been like eleven and five, eleven and four, something uh, like that. Because I think even the Colts. Um, could have hit a field goal at the end of regulation or something like that to uh, uh, to win the football game that that they missed and, and things like that. So there were opportunities for me to have done a lot better. My 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 instinct was correct, but unfortunately the football gods saw differently uh, this week. So I finish up eight seven and one for the first week of twenty twenty two. So man. This is fun. I I like I, I like that short and sweet, you know. But uh, got through all uh, sixteen games, and uh, you know the streaming service that I have is I have Sunday Ticket, so I can pretty much, like next weekend when uh, when the Bears playing are on, on Sunday night, I'll be bouncing all over uh, the league watching uh, as many games as I can absorb, uh, you know, going into the Sunday night or for the Bears and the Packers uh, and everything. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, bouncing with Sunday tickets, like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> it just, it really is. Cause like even in commercial break uh, for the bears and 49ers and stuff, I'm bouncing around. I'm watching uh, Pittsburgh and Cincy. I'm watching, you know, the Colts and the, um, and the Texans. I'm getting a taste here and so on. I'm trying to get the vibe of the game and everything it was a lot of fun. So I look forward to next week when, when there's like, I, as much as I hate having to wait until seven o'clock to see the bears finally play, It'll be a lot of fun absorbing as many games as I can before the uh, before the Bears and the Packers kick it off on Sunday night, and I'm I'm really jacked about this game. You know, I at the you know again at the very least, I really think that the Bears are going to make a hell of a fight out of it uh, if uh, if the Packers are are able to kind of be themselves again. Uh, they'll be at home. They'll be playing the Bears where they have no fear. I hope we give them something to fear on Sunday. That would be a lot of fun. So. Anyway, let's see. Looking at this, you know, candidates for, you know, player of the week, which I'm just kind of doing off the cuff here. Um, Got to give credit to Carson Wentz. Everyone thought that this was going to be like his farewell tour. I mean, at least at least we're one game in. He's got four touchdowns and 300 yards in his uh, commander debut uh, to get his team off to a win. Um, you know, big, uh, big ups to Mike McDaniel for getting his era started off. Uh, on the on the right foot, uh, 160 yards rushing from uh, Jonathan Taylor uh, in the game against the um, Texans. Saquon was a beast with 164 yards rushing, and I think you know, like I said, the math averages out to about just over nine yards a carry uh, against the uh, the Titans, who have a well respected defense. But uh, apparently, Saquon is back. He's he's back to in Penn State mode where he's a he's a beast now again. One game does not a season make, but it's definitely a good, uh, definitely a good look for him. Uh, Justin Jefferson was a monster uh, against the, uh, the the Packers, 184 yards and two touchdowns on nine uh, catches. But I think in the end, it's going to come down to uh, two guys in the AFC West: Patrick Mahomes, thirty for thirty nine, three sixty and five touchdowns to nine different receivers, or our good friend Khalil Mack, three sacks in his Charger debut. I hate to do it, but I'm going to have to go with Pat Mahomes on that. 30 for 39, 360, and five touchdowns, no picks. Yeah, you, you can't have much of a stronger debut uh, than that. Uh, honorary uh, 
award, you know, for player of the week, Geno Smith, 23 of 28, two touchdowns, 195 yards in a game that nobody gave them a chance in hell uh, of winning. And then he leads the Seahawks to uh, victory. So there's our honorary player of the week. Player of the week goes to Pat Mahomes for 360 and five touchdowns on 30 of 39. That's just madness. So anyway, guys, that's going to do it for the week one NFL review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Come back on Thursday when our good friend Evan Western from Acme Packing Company will join me to help preview week number two, Bears Packers at Lambeau, Sunday Night Football. Absolutely cannot wait. And then come back again on Friday for the week two preview episode uh, of the uh, for the NFL, where I'll break down all 16 matches of week number two and uh, see what we got in, in the crystal ball uh, this time around. So 8-7-1, not the greatest debut, but hey, I'm ahead on the cards. I got more wins than losses. I'll take that every single time. And I was real close to having double-digit wins if I could just get the ball bounced a, a little bit better for me uh, in week number two. But uh, come back on Thursday for me and Evan to preview week number two between the Bears and the Packers. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been Bears Talk Underground. <laughs>